It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. podcast thank you for making us part of your regular routine we appreciate you including us in your lives it's a very big deal we're very appreciative of this we are the reign of jays jock around jk here to drop some serious knowledge in the best damn practice facility podcast you will ever hear in your entire life <laughs> probably the only practice Facility podcast you'll ever hear. Hey, 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 hey. Don't ruin it, Jay. Still the best damn. You know, I, was, I was doing a thing. It was a good thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a thing. So, so the Celtics opened up the Auerbach Center, which is, that's the name of it, right? The Auerbach Center. The Auerbach Center, uh, correct. Yeah, which is this, I mean, really gorgeous, amazing place that I just want to live. I just want to go there and sleep there and, like, live there. With this the whole new facility with like two courts and a nap room and a barber shop and all sorts of crazy shit. So you were there, Jay. Why don't you describe this uh, new palatial, gorgeous practice facility to us? So I think the first the first place to start off, it might be best to just describe how archaic from an NBA standpoint the Celtics current practice facility is. And I say current. Sure, yeah. I say current because they haven't totally made the move yet. None of the players have even seen the new practice facility, as far as I'm aware. Um, so they have one practice court, a single practice court. Like they don't have as many practice courts as I had at Skidmore College in Division Three basketball. Um, they share the facility with. It's a BSC which is Boston Sports Club, there are people who are members there and go there. When guys need to get, like, imaging and whatnot or go see... Sometimes you'll see, like, players walking through the public place to go to see a doctor. Um, They had, like, just the amenities from an NBA standpoint were just totally, totally just not where everybody else is right now. And... Now, not everybody, not everybody. But it, to your point, the best the best facilities are much much better than what the Celtics have. Yeah, and so now the Celtics, it's like I, I was reminded of the blue chip scene where uh, Nick Nolte was like, Coach Pete Bell said, you know that wasn't a car, that was a fully loaded Lexus. Like this is not a basketball facility. This is like a godly, godly basketball, like 
amusement park. And uh, <laughs> so it, it's just absolutely beautiful, stunning. Uh, has every toy you could imagine. A film room for Brad Stevens, which I think he's a little excited about. Um, and uh, like everything. They have a nap room, freaking nap room. <laughs> they have That's great. so players players in the kitchen like the the chef will have an iPad with all the nutritious values that they each individual player needs um, so they'll be able to cater uh, everything to the players diets um, and ba- basically like if if I were on the team I'd, I might live there totally, totally. I'm, I mean I, I might live there anyway I, I would I would never leave that place. That is my dream. I want to die there. Like that's my just unbelievable like dream facility. You got two big basically replicas of the garden parquet floor. Just two big floors that they can play on. Which I think is important because you talk about comfort level, like it just that familiarity of playing on your court, seeing visually, it just works. I think it's it's a little tiny, tiny thing, but that's it's really cool. Um, th- I think this is a place that's designed to have guys stay there and and be there for a while, and not just go to practice and leave. You go, you get your treatment. The the training tables, the training chairs, the where they sit is this big, huge, oversized chair. It's just super, super comfortable for these guys. The, the weight room looks amazing. It's got the big Kaizen, the Sam Packard Kaizen, up there across one of the beams. Uh, everything just looks fantastic. And I think the biggest thing, like you mentioned, when you're courting a free agent, and the Celtics were able to get some big-time free agents already without this, but this is one of those things where somebody walks in and you look at it, and no matter who you are, what level player you are, you walk into a place like this and you go, holy shit, this is awesome. Even KG went on Instagram to comment on the Celtics Instagram post on this saying that he deadass wants to jump in on some drills. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I loved KG chiming in. He, he just wants just wants to get a touch of that practice floor. That's all he wants. That, but that's isn't that just a perfect indication? Is there any more uh, hardcore practice guy than KG a guy who talks about working his, on his craft for so much that he sees this facility and I was like oh man I, this is so gorgeous I want to come out of retirement just to hop in on a practice with you guys that, that's pretty cool and it's impressive yeah I, from a standpoint of attracting free agents first of all I don't, I don't think it'll matter because the Celtics roster is going to be so damn expensive for a long time that it just they won't have a chance to go after free agents. Um, and then second of all, I'm not sh- I don't know how much of a sell that is. Like when if if I were a free agent, like yeah, you'd want to be in a, a place where the practice facility was was elite and you had every toy and gadget and ability to get better. Um but I, I don't know how much that would factor in. I think there would, there would be a lot of things that I would value a lot higher than that, from talent on the team well, to the coach to. But yeah, but and and it's I, part of it, it's part of it. Yeah, it's it, like when you're going to buy a house and you're thinking about 
you know, the, the neighborhood and the good schools and whatever. And there's like this shopping mall nearby. And you're like, oh, that's really cool, too. Like this, that's part of the, you don't just say, hey, look at this awesome practice facility. Come sign with us. I mean, the first things first is the money, obviously, and then the teammates and all that stuff. But when, if you're trying to pick between teams and you have this awesome facility, this amazing place to come work on, if you're a serious basketball guy, you look at this place and you say, wow, this is, this is pretty amazing. Like Every basketball person will look at this, no matter who you are, and say, this is pretty nice. You go to like the Knicks. The Knicks have some little shitty place up in Westchester, which is what basically what the Celtics used to have. And it's, again, it's not the top of the list. It's probably like 10th on the list, but it's on the list. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and and I think... It's a nice thing. It, I think it's also important the commute into the city isn't isn't as big. Like, Waltham, it was a 30-minute drive from Waltham to the TD Garden. And so a lot of players, for a long time, have lived outside of the city of Boston. And so now I think this will open up the players. If they want to live in Boston, it'll be more convenient to get True. to get to the practice facility. So it could be a game changer for them in that sense. And like I, like the players' lounge is just amazing. I would want to hang out there and just play video games and watch TV and <laughs> do God knows what. Like uh, players aren't going to want to leave this place. It's it's really really a beautiful place. Right. There's a barber chair. You get your, you know, you get that lineup done. Jason Tatum. I I, mean, I picture Yabu cutting people's hair. <laughs> don't don't couldn't you see Yabu as a barber? Totally. I don't know totally. why. He's just he's just got that like jolly no, demeanor. He's got a gregarious personality. Yeah. He's got that. Yeah, it feels like he's uh, you know feels like he's done a fade or two in his life. <laughs> I think yeah, I think he's definitely done a fade or two. <laughs> What, what, uh, what else? So, some of the cool parts. So, one of the coolest parts I thought was uh, in the weight room. 
they built in so like in the squat area they have like basically sensors on the floor uh, i was just listening to the them explain it to me and i'm i'm clearly a moron when it comes to all this stuff um but from from the sense that i got they have basically sensors in the floor and they'll be able to track data from the amount of force a player is generating on the the exercises to like how many seconds or milliseconds or whatever it is that it takes for the player to make that movement so it might give the Celtics sports science team a better understanding of like if a player is tired or if a player is susceptible to injury like if if you're not generating the force that you normally are it might be due to exhaustion it might be due to and you might be more susceptible to injury on the other the flip side of that is if you're rehabbing from injury they'll have the exact data of the force you're generating to know how much you've improved to know what's going on to know what the difference is between your left ankle and your right ankle whatever the case may be and they actually have some of those sensors on the court um so there's an area of the court there's an area of the court where they'll be able to test things like that and the movement and which is just all incredible to me like and it just gives the celtics another way to monitor and, and there are ways that they monitor all these things to begin with um but but it's it's really cool when when you actually get into the the specifics of the different pieces of equipment uh just how much detail they went into to to ensure that they will be that this will give them a leg up compared to where they were before this is just an amazing example of all of the little things that how you can just keep splitting these atoms and figure out new ways to just improve. And like keeping players healthy, you, every game you can keep a guy on the floor, uh, even if it's him missing one game so he can play the next 10 versus, you know, hurting himself and missing two weeks. It is, it's hard to quantify exactly how this works. That's what you're trying to get to, right? You're trying to get to these measuring fatigue and figuring out like a way to figure to to determine when these guys need a break and it's that stuff is is fascinating i love it uh i know some people rail against it but i I think it's great it's funny we were talking about it um chuck and i on red's army about this whole practice facility and when he said I, i was gonna put that up there to make sure you find some of that old footage of the Celtics practicing at Hellenic College. You talk <laughs> about the championship teams of the mid-80s are out there, and we put it on RedsArmy.com. You go click on this old YouTube video of them practicing in like what looks like a junior high school auditorium. There's a stage. It's, it's one court with those fixed baskets on the side, and there's a stage where people clearly put on some people at Helena College put on some sort of productions over there, and they put seats on the floor so people could watch these productions. And this NBA team, the greatest team the Celtics have ever assembled, practiced on that piece of shit floor, uh, and now they're at this massive mecca facility, like one of the most 
the most advanced practice facility in the league. I was talking to Tommy Heinsohn, who was at the uh, the facility grand opening, and I thought he would be the most fascinating person to talk to because I mean he's he was there almost at the start of the NBA, and I asked him where they used to practice. He said some a lot of the time it'd be the Cambridge YMCA, <laughs> and and they would get kicked out at noon. They would get kicked out at noon because the members were were then handed over the gym. And they would practice, they practiced at a private school that had like 300 students. <laughs> they practiced like six, from sixth grade to 12th grade. Um, they practiced at like just an absurd array of, of places. And, Think about that. And, and Think it, about that. That's cool. That's cool that Tommy was there because in a lot of ways, his Celtics teams built the NBA. Like, they made they made the NBA a success. Obviously, you know Larry Bird and Magic Johnson took it to another level, and Michael Jordan took it to another level, and it's still being raised to a new level today. But they started the success, and they 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 were a huge reason why the Celtics became successful, why the NBA became successful. So I I think from from some level it was neat for him to be there, not just to see all the all the fascinating features of the facility but also like he they're they're doing this on his back like on on russell's back um so i I think i think that was neat for him i I do think he took some level of pride uh and the the fact that the nba has come so far and and that those guys back then it was a totally totally different world and and they paved the path for for things like this practice facility so it was really cool to talk to him today and kind of get a history lesson I like that because I want to contrast that with people like Charles Barkley, who seem to be, uh, I don't know, jealous, resentful of, and it's not just Charles Barkley, but he's been the face of it, resentful in some ways of what today's NBA players are, do, what they go through. These, you know, the opportunity to rest, to have science kind of come into play and to have these things, like you said, sensors on the floor to figure out when guys might be fatigued, to try to keep guys healthy. Anything you can do. And look, maybe some of this stuff is bullshit. Maybe. Maybe it turns out to be bullshit. But why not try it? Maybe maybe it gives you false data. Maybe it's the greatest thing ever. Maybe this stuff is the beginning of an absolute new wave of how to treat players, and it extends careers into their 40s and guys regularly play three, four, five more years. That's the goal, is to keep these guys healthy and on the floor. And I just, I'm glad a guy like Tommy Heinsohn can appreciate the fact that, hey, look, I was born in a particular time and that's just my luck and I helped do certain things. I had my place in the NBA and I did it well and I'm glad that my place in the NBA was one building block in the foundation that helped build a place like this. And former players that look at stuff like this with some level of disdain, it bothers me a lot because you have a place, you had a purpose, you did a lot of great things. Some of these great players who are resentful, it's like, okay, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you were born in, you know, 
fifties and sixties, and you grew up to at a point where you played in the seventies and eighties. Like that's just pure shit luck. Appreciate where you were, appreciate where you are, and and just enjoy the fact that you are a part of what this is. I'm looking forward to the day where this practice facility looks shitty and we make fun of this practice facility. I can't wait to see what the next thing is going to be. I didn't know we were going to get Charles Barkley takes. Boom. Charles Barkley takes. I I wasn't expecting a Charles Barkley take, but there it is. There it is. Sometimes you've got to give the podcast what it it demands. That's (laughs) demanded a Charles Barkley take. Take what the game gives you. Take Take what the defense gives you. There you go. Nice adjustment there. In-game adjustment. Uh, <laughs> that's it. You know, come out of halftime strong, build that lead. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I don't know what else. What else is out there? there there's a little talk uh, that Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's going to be on that practice floor, and he may be on that practice floor in mid-August because uh, Brad Stevens said uh, a couple days ago. Uh, actually, was was it earlier today? earlier today or yesterday whenever it was brad stevens said that gordon hayward uh, is probably going to be cleared fully cleared in mid-august we are two months away from gordon hayward being fully cleared to go out there and play five on five basketball boom boom hayward hayward's coming back guys it's been a long time coming it has been a long time coming i mean and you knew it would be from the, the time the injury happened. But I just think he's going to transform them in so many ways. I think, to some extent, Boston fans don't realize yet how good Gordon Hayward is and how, how well he should fit into what they're building and how he's kind of like Al Horford in the sense that you can just slide him into any perimeter role and it just kind of works. Like, he can spot up shoot, he can run pick and rolls, he could defend, he can he can defend three or three or four positions, he can run point guard if you need him to, just throw him out there and it works. So, Gordon Hayward coming back is a big deal. And, I mean, from a personal standpoint, you're just happy for him. He's He's been, now, by the time it's August, what is that going to be, 10 months? Ten months of recovery? Yeah, well, that, that's a that's a long time. It's a long time. I, you know, that's just... I mean, I know I was one of the people beating the drum of that he could have been back for the finals. Um, which, I don't know, maybe if a couple of things in his recovery... I, I knew that it had to go perfectly for him to maybe come back for that. Um, and it did, I, I wish we could play back the tape. I wish we could play back the tape. Because when, when you say I, I knew it had to go perfectly, you were pretty adamant that he was coming back. I was well. I was I was adamant that it could go perfectly. I, I knew. I well, come on. I, I knew you had to go without any setbacks. I'm sure if you play back the tape, and somebody might that at some point I did say it had. You can't have any setbacks. But I just felt confident that it would just keep progressing the way it did. He had a couple of minor setbacks. I, I need a listener to go find that tape. And and send it into me. None of us are going to do it. Cut it up. Send it into me. So I, I need to hear that, please. I believe I definitely definitely believe that he was going to come back if the Celtics made it to the finals. But obviously that didn't didn't work out. Uh, and look, it's the long recovery is basically over. Um, he's 
just at the tail end. Uh, can't play basketball just yet, but it's coming soon, which is nice. And uh, that's it's going to be nice to see him back out there. And hopefully, that mentally, he is able to get back on the floor and play like he did. Because physically, I think he's going to be great. He's going to be perfect. I don't have any worries necessarily about his ankle or anything like that being a long-term issue. But uh, it's just going to be great to see him back on the floor. Uh, He's going to get such a big ovation. Oh, my God. The biggest ovation when he comes back. Such a big ovation. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I didn't tell you that this was coming. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is going to be our last podcast before the draft. Our next podcast is going to be reacting to the draft. Uh, not asking you who the Celtics are going to draft, but I'm going to give you three scenarios. Uh-oh. And I, w- I want you to rank them in order of possibility. Okay? So the first thing is the most likely of the three scenarios, then second, and then the third is the least likely. And it doesn't matter how unlikely. I just want to put them in order. Just so throwing this on my shoulders. Uh, uh, yep. Put me on the spot. All right. All right. I, I see okay. what you're doing here. No, it's, it's very simple. I, I want your take on three different scenarios, which is most likely to least likely. Rank them in order. Okay. The Celtics somehow trade up in the draft, trade down or out. I'll put them in the same category. So either they move up from 27 or trade their pick and move either into the second round or into the next, next year's draft or beyond, or make the pick. Which is the most likely and which is the least likely? Rank rank those three scenarios. I think make the pick is always, or almost always, the most likely scenario, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because you need to find a trade partner. So I'll go make the pick number one. Trade up. I think that's probably number two. Okay. I think there are scenarios like, like if they like someone... Uh, throw on another future pick, or depending on... I, I'm fascinated by what they do with the Rozier-Smart situation. And mm-hmm. I want to... Like, I just don't see how they can pay both of those guys, and, and maybe they do going into next season. Maybe they keep them together beyond that. Maybe owners are like, F it, guys. Let's just pay two backup guards pretty decent money because... We can, and because we can put together this great team, and we have a chance to keep together this great team. Uh, but I'm fascinated to see that. So would they trade, use Terry Rozier to trade up in this draft? I don't know. And then the other thing is, like, the whole Kawhi Leonard situation, depending on, like, does that happen on draft night? Does that happen another time that he gets traded? Uh, because then that... That impacts other decisions. Like, if you were considering using Terry Rozier to move up in the draft, well, what if you need to use him in a Kawhi Leonard trade later on? Um, so I, I think the Kawhi thing could impact their decisions on draft night as well. Uh, I'll go, I'll go. yeah, trade up two, trade down three. And it's kind of a fascinating draft because it should be boring. They, they just have a 27th pick, like whatever. Um, but they also have, as usual, all these other goodies that they could use if they fall in love with a prospect or if Kawhi Leonard's out there and the Spurs are trying to trade him. And we'll see. There are a lot of dominoes to fall this offseason from Kawhi to LeBron, where he goes to 
Paul George. Like, there's just just a lot going on in the NBA this summer, as every summer. I love the offseason, man. The offseason is just crazy. Yeah, you know, it's nuts. I, I agree with you. I think it making that pick, even if it's a guy you don't you don't keep, uh, it's you make that pick because you have to figure out what's going on with Kawhi. You have to go and figure out what's going on with even LeBron, which I know it's a long shot for the Celtics, but. Wherever he goes, if he goes to L.A., it's one scenario. If he goes to Philly, that's a different scenario. Maybe the Celtics adjust in a different way and maybe make a different, uh, pursue different options. So you make the pick, and then Marcus Smart kind of plays out the way it plays out as the rest of free agency plays out. Uh, I don't think you make a decision because you have Terry Rozier under contract for the full season anyway, so you can take both of those guys into the trade deadline and maybe make a move there. There's nothing that says the, the, the Spurs have to trade Kawhi this summer, even though he asked and wants out. And this makes probably makes most sense to give another team the full year of Kawhi. They can take it into the season and have like, maybe they take it into December and that December 15th, this 15th ish area where like the guys who were signed over the summer can be traded and you, you kind of have a little, like, December when Rajon Rondo thing was traded happened. So there are other scenarios that, that are in play here. So I agree with you. I think, I think you got the answer correct. Good job, Jay. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So <laughs> that's it. That's it for the wild cards. And I think that, uh, that carried us into a very nice, nicely timed podcast. So we'll leave it at that. And we'll be back for... The uh, the post draft reaction, I guess, and we'll see what the Celtics actually do. We'll see if the Celtics did make the pick, or trade it up, or trade it out of the draft. You know, we'll, we'll we'll react to that as well. So come back for that. And until then, I want to thank you for, for subscribing to the podcast. If you are a subscriber, uh, go give us that five star rating. Give us a good review. If you are not a subscriber, go ahead search for Locked On Celtics. Go. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Search for Lockdown Celtics everywhere podcasts are available. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Yeah. We're part of the Jay Lockdown King podcast. Locked on Celtics. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.